With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us. This is a personal finance show on money, how it works, how to invest it, and how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein. Today is episode 314. It's titled... Don't have a lost decade. I recently got an email from a new Plus member. He says he's treating the material on the website like an online college course. But he had a question. He wrote that he's approaching a crossroad in his life, and he would like to prepare himself for that crossroad. He works at one of the best public gardens in the U.S. as a horticulturalist. He's been there three years, makes $43,000 per year, has four weeks of vacation, full health care, and HSA. They have a 403B defined contribution plan where he gets a 6% match. His boss enjoys working with him and he enjoys his job. This member also has his own business, a lifestyle business, providing premium horticulture services for high-end properties. He started it in 2019, grossed $4,000, and anticipates grossing $12,000 this year. He has no debt. The only thing he owns, he says, that is worth any money is an old pickup truck that's worth about $3,000. He's roughly $18,500 in his defined contribution plan. And using the online tools on Money for the Rest of Us Plus, he estimates that he's on track to retire in his early 60s. He also has about $2,000 in a savings account that pays 2% and about $1,500 in a Wealthfront robo-advisor account. He's living on about eighteen dollars to $20,000 a year. After contributing to his defined contribution plan and the health savings account, he brings home about $28,000, but that doesn't include his overtime, bonuses, or the work in his business. After taxes and contribution, he estimates that he's bringing home about $35,000 with everything, which means potentially he could save fifteen dollars to $17,000 per year and certainly $10,000 per year. He writes, for the first time in my life, I'm not living paycheck to paycheck and I'm planning for the future. The business I own now is a hobby passion. I turned profitable. It has been a great space for me to learn and have done a lot of just that. But it ultimately is a glorified landscaping business. What I really want to own is a retail nursery that one day will become an event and education center as well. I turned 30 in two months. I thought at this point I would go beyond an entry-level position. I thought I would own my own house and maybe own a business full-time. Those goals seem so far away. The question I want to pose to you is, how do I get from where I am today to owning a 5 to 10 acre property that I can use to develop into my next lifestyle business as soon as possible. He also had an additional investing question that I'll address in a few minutes. First, he's not in an entry-level position. He is a master horticulturist. He's studied it. He learned a lot of those skills working at an organic farm in Tasmania after he got his university degree. 
He was admitted to a professional horticulture program at the public garden where he works. He is very, very skilled in all aspects of landscape design and gardening. And there are a lot of people that would be very envious that he has this amazing job working in horticulture and one where he can listen to a lot of podcasts, which he does. In order to answer his question, I want to compare two couples I know and have known for about a decade. This particular member is approaching 30. He's looking out over the next decade. What has to happen so that he doesn't have a lost decade and can reach his goals? I'm positive he can reach his goals. Two couples. The first couple, I'm not going to give their name, and you'll see why. Even though I don't know them very well, much of my interaction has been on the public web. I discovered their work in 2011, just as I was preparing to leave my investment advisory firm. They were in their late 20s. I followed their blogs. They were great writers. They are great writers. I learned about online marketing from them, minimalism. I purchased their ebooks. I followed them as they lived in Japan, Singapore, and Germany. They're the ones that introduced me to Airbnb and provided some help on that as we prepared for a family trip using Airbnb in Asia and Europe. I didn't even realize these two were a couple because I followed them separately. Until the spring of 2012, they each posted somewhat of an alarming message on their blog that they had run out of money, that they were stranded in Germany and they needed their readers' help to get to Kansas City, where Google was rolling out its high-speed internet program called Google Fiber, where you would be able to get one gigabyte per second download speeds. I was alarmed because I thought they were making it in their online business writing. And, and here, they're out of money. I contributed and then got to know them better. They are the ones that introduced me to Bitcoin back in 2012. We had some Google Hangouts together discussing Bitcoin. They motivated me to learn HTML, to launch my own websites. I paid for consulting services to learn about Node. And then they got even more interested in programming and in encryption and privacy issues. They deleted their social media profiles. They deleted their email list. Frequently, you couldn't access their website without figuring out how to use public key cryptography. After Kansas City, they were in San Francisco, New York. Boulder, Colorado. They became homeless. They moved in with her family in South Carolina for a while. And then they were in Mexico City, occasionally writing in the, for the public web. Mostly I couldn't read their stuff. There was no way to buy anything from them. And now they're in Chicago, where they've been for several years. I hadn't thought about them in a long time, but happened to get on his website this past week. And there was actually a post I could read. He mentioned how his brother had asked him to play Clan Lord. This is a massively multiplayer online role-playing game that he's played for close to 20 years. Doesn't play very much. In the game, he writes, you kill digital critters for coins, and then you buy different colored t-shirts for your character. While they were playing, his brother said to him, if your life is so boring, maybe you should do something about that. Perhaps hang out with some people or find a way to make it down River Road to see me sometime. This gentleman I know said, I get it. Yes, my life is really freaking boring right now. How did I manage to accomplish so little in the last 10 years? In 2009, I quit my job in lower Manhattan with $5,000 in my bank account. And I booked a one-way ticket for $122 to Portland, Oregon, back when there were still planes flying. 
I lived in a bedroom with no furniture, and I slept on a yoga mat. I had no idea what I was doing with my life. I just ran out of money because there was no jobs in Portland. My roommate suggested that I get on food stamps. But instead, I kept writing as many articles as Demand Studios would let me write. And I started a blog just to get some traffic. I ran out of money in Oregon and moved back to New York. But by that time, my blog traffic had grown to the point where thousands of people were visiting it every day. So I was making money online. And I told my girlfriend at the time, let's move to San Francisco. And we did. And then we broke up. And so 10 years ago, if you found me sitting at the top of Bernal Heights, looking at the city lights as the fog rolled in, that 10 years in the future, I'd be hugging a mall job at a California-based company, going in every morning and cutting into boxes with a box cutter and tossing baby clothes onto a table so that other people could fold them. I'd be like, bowl. Yet here I am, bored out of my mind, strapping a bonnet onto my face and walking to work at the local mall five days a week. I bite my tongue and deal with the COVID, even though I know better, because all I can do is look at the economic horizon at the present moment and see the depression ready to blow in. This couple's had a lost decade. Let me contrast that with another couple, friends of ours. Bryce and Stephanie, we met about seven years ago because they moved next door to us in a house that we had just bought. Stephanie had started selling jeans out of her apartment while she was attending the university. When we first met them, she was renting a small space behind an old house, and her store was the Jean Girl. Bryce was working as an accountant. Then they rented a bigger space on Main Street. Eventually, they bought the building that they were renting, and they redid the upstairs for offices and a photo studio. They used the basement as a shipping office for online orders. Then they rented a warehouse. They bought an apartment building for rental income. Now they're buying a warehouse. They operate two stores. They have a big online presence. They recently went through a rebranding and their company is Love Olive Co. They've had challenges along the way, but they've been extremely successful. Occasionally, I give them business advice. Why were they successful? And this other couple felt like they haven't been successful. Now, these are just my impressions. I know Bryce and Stephanie better than I know this other couple. But here are some principles I think we can take away so that this member who wrote me can reach the goals that he wants for his business. The first is take your audience on a journey. Let them be part of your story so they root for you. This couple I met in 2011 and learned about programming and Bitcoin and minimalism. I was rooting for them. I wanted them to be successful. I bought their products, but they abruptly changed their storyline. I couldn't find them easily. Their interaction with their followers, their email list, they deleted it. They deleted their social media accounts. This Plus member has a fascinating life. I would love to learn more about his life. He should share more about his life on his website for his business, on an email list. Now, we always have to decide how much we're willing to share. You don't have to share everything because the story that people buy into, it's the story they make up themselves. They're projecting, in some ways, their own story onto that person and want to go on that journey. So maybe the story that they're telling about this person they're following isn't completely accurate, but that's the story they're vested in. And when this couple suddenly changed the storyline so dramatically, I was shocked. 
because they were living a life of freedom in my mind. And then suddenly, no, we're actually broke and we need money badly so that we can get involved in technology and programming. For this member, he has this dream. He has to act as if it's already happening because it is. He has a great job. He's got a great business. He's got a super foundation to continue his journey. He should take us along with him. Learn how to launch a WordPress site. Be potentially more active on Instagram. The second thing is to focus on where you have momentum. What is working? He's getting some clients for his horticulture business. Focus on that. Feature those clients on his website. Tell people about what he's doing in his newsletter, the challenges that he's facing. Pay attention to what people are asking him about. What questions do they have? How can he help them? Building a business, and I've seen this with Love Olive Co., is it's incremental. You learn. You just, there's no map. You just grow little by little. A third principle is to use modest leverage to build an asset. Once you have sufficient cash flow from your business, you can selectively use debt. Stephanie and Bryce have used debt to buy their building where their store was, to buy an apartment building, to purchase a warehouse, but there's cash flow to adequately service that. This member wants to own a five to 10 acre parcel in an area that is properly zoned to allow a nursery. He could get enough savings to make a down payment on a piece of land. Perhaps purchase from somebody that's willing to carry the note so he doesn't have to go through traditional banking measures. He's got a steady job. He could do a small horticulture stand on weekends during the summer. Perhaps give some classes. But start small. You can use some debt if you have the cash flow, either from your business or from your job, to support that. But ultimately, you need an asset that will grow with you. And that asset includes your email list. This other couple deleted their email list multiple times. They'd start one and they'd delete it. Start another one, they'd delete it. I've signed up on their email list. They never got an email. People want to hear from you. Before we continue, let me pause and share some words from this week's sponsors. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I know in our business, having the right candidates for the job is critical to keep our business running smoothly. Now, LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com David. That's linkedin.com David to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's just nice to sit back, relax, maybe even take a nap. That's not what you want your money to be doing. You want it to be working hard for you, earning interest, generating returns. That's where the Betterment Automated Investing and Savings app can help. 
Betterment's technology gives you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize returns. They have diversified portfolios of low-cost ETFs that have been constructed by experts. High-yield cash accounts, where your money can earn 11 times the national average. And automated investing technology, like automated rebalancing. These tools can help you reach your savings and investing goals. Betterment is a fiduciary. That means it's their job to act in your best interest. They will never recommend an investment or give you guidance unless they believe it will help you reach your financial goals. So visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about the high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed, cash reserves offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. A final thing that has worked very well for Bryce and Stephanie is they have a lot of events. There's a sense of urgency, of hope in their marketing and business aspects. They bring a new product every week. Not very much of each item, so it sells out quickly if it's popular. You have to act to become a part of it. But there's a joy to their business. This other couple that have not been able to buy any of their products, the joy was gone. They became very pessimistic about the U.S., the economy, and the world. And not that there's nothing to worry about. I mean, there, there are things that I worry about. I read an article this week in the Financial Times about the U.S. presidential election. Edward Foley, he's a professor at Ohio State University who has studied the U.S. election system and vulnerabilities, pointed out that both sides, the Republicans or Democrats, have defined the election as an existential test for the country. And it's been scary to see. This is not a typical election. It's positioned as, if you vote for the other guy, our nation will be destroyed. That is not a happy message. That clearly worries me. We are staying at our cabin in Idaho until after the election. This is a cabin where they don't plow the roads in the winter. So if it snows, we get snowed in. We'll have to ski out. I could tell you all kinds of challenges we're having with the cabin. We have no internet. We're using cell phones because no internet company will provide a service, even though there's a satellite dish for the internet company on our cabin, staring at their antenna, but they won't sell us service. We're combating wasps that seem to like to come in in the fall. Flies, mice, some smoky days, but it's peaceful. It's quiet. We get to watch the fall colors slowly roll in. It's hopeful. We love it here. We need to be positive in sharing our stories with others. Certainly, we can talk about heartaches that we've overcome. But if your message is entirely pessimism, fear, catastrophe, people don't like to buy into that story if you're running a business. So for this member that has this dream of having his own nursery, take us with you on your journey so we can root for you, so we can buy products from you, so we can learn from you, so that you can help us solve our challenges. Focus on those areas where you're getting good feedback from your followers to help them. Be willing to use some modest leverage, debt, as you build an asset. Debt that can be supported by cash flow. Make it easy for people to find you on the internet and to learn from you. Be willing to have events. 
perhaps there's something where there's a sense of urgency that we want to be involved in this really cool thing you're doing that's hopeful, not fearful. He had a few questions on investing. He was looking at the model portfolio examples on the website. Felt like a moderately aggressive portfolio would be a good fit, but was concerned about the amount of bonds. He said, my concern with this portfolio is that it has a decent amount in bonds. I'm not trying to time the market here, but investing in bonds with interest rates this low seems foolish. The portfolio he was referring to currently, it's an adaptive portfolio based on investment conditions, is 38% bonds. The long-term target is 25%. In his situation, where he has $18,000 in a defined contribution plan, that is not a life-changing amount. He'll not be able to retire on that. He won't need it for 30 years or more. He doesn't have to own any bonds in that defined contribution plan. That could be all stocks because he won't be harmed if the stock market falls 60%. For his taxable savings, where he wants, where it would be great to have a down payment to purchase some land, there he should be invested more conservatively. The time horizon is shorter. A 60% drawdown in his down payment money could delay his purchasing of a property. So investing that in bonds makes more sense. So you can have two different portfolios. But investing that conservatively allows him control over the outcome. I saw a tweet this week where a guy went to his dentist and the dentist said he had sold all of his mutual funds and was making way more money trading options on Tesla's stock than he was making as a dentist. Now, I have no idea how much money he pulled out. A year ago, I did an episode called Invest Like a Tesla. I should have called the episode Invest in Tesla. I thought about it at the time. I researched Tesla again and realized I have no idea what Tesla's worth. I don't know what their stock will do. Well, their stock's up 10 times the amount it was a year ago. Feel a little bit of regret, but buying Tesla for me would be guessing. Buying options on Tesla would be guessing even more. I don't want to stake my retirement on being able to guess right about Tesla. Hopefully this dentist isn't staking his net worth on his ability to guess what's going to happen with Tesla and whether Tesla's stock price is undervalued and will do better than everyone expects. But with money that we need to be there for a certain outcome in the near term, we don't want to take much risk because in this case it's for a down payment. So you can have two different portfolios, a more aggressive portfolio for your retirement savings if you're not going to retire for 30 years and more conservative for money that's going to be used for your business or to continue to grow. Those are my thoughts as we look out over the next decade. Been a tough beginning of a decade so far with COVID, with a global recession, but it doesn't have to be a lost decade. We can continue to pursue our dreams incrementally and take others along on our journey, share our journey, share with them what we're doing, provide things that are useful and helpful to people so that they want to purchase from us, create a sense of urgency and momentum, an event that we want to be a part of. Be willing to use leverage prudently so we can own assets that grow with us and make sure that 
the risk we're taking in different aspects of our portfolio is appropriate. Make sure we don't take too little risk with our retirement savings or too much risk for things that we need near term. That then is episode 314. You can get show notes and links to articles that are referred to in the podcast at moneyfortherestofus.com. While you're there, please sign up for my email list where I email you weekly about that week's podcast episode, share links, as well as an essay on money, investing, and the economy. And you can sign up for that at moneyfortherestofus.com. Everything I've shared with you in this episode has been for general education. I've not considered your specific risk situation. I've not provided investment advice. This is simply general education on money, investing, and the economy. Have a great week.